Well, it is a beautiful day. It is a wonderful day. Uh, it is Easter Sunday, as I said, and as we're all aware, uh, we saw this going differently in our minds. Our plan was not this. It looked a little different. But what I love is this, as I was scrolling even through my, my Facebook feed today, that there are Easter services taking place all around the world. I, just this morning, in between last night and this morning, I was able to watch a service in Sri Lanka uh, with my friend Romesh there. I, I was able to watch uh, a, a service in Cape Town, South Africa with Pastor Xavier. Uh, I've watched uh, a service in Pretoria, South Africa. I've watched services in the UK, uh, on the East Coast, all around the world, and I love what God is doing in the season. And so we remember today that God is not limited by the things that limit us. God is not limited by the things that limit us. And that includes the grave. That God is not limited by death. He is not limited by the grave. Today we can celebrate this. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Not Jesus was alive 2,000 years ago. Jesus is alive today. He rose from the dead 2,000 years ago, and he continues to live today. Jesus is alive. We've come a long way since Good Friday. You can see behind me the empty cross. The empty cross that Jesus hung on a cross just outside of Jerusalem, his body beaten and bruised and bleeding. And then they took him down from that cross and they placed him in a tomb. They placed him in an empty grave. But today we celebrate because not only is the cross empty, but the grave is empty as well. And we can be thankful and we can be filled with life and joy, and hope, and peace because of that reality. I want to read the account out of Luke chapter 24 of what happened on that incredible day. It says this, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the, and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all of these things to the eleven and to all the rest. I love that. They heard these things. They, 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 they heard this news from these two angels. And then they returned to where the others were. And they shared that news with the rest of the eleven and to anyone else who would, who, who would listen. Why? Because this is good news. Jesus was no longer dead he was alive. You see, these women had gone to the gravesite, to this tomb, to prepare the, the body of Jesus. Because Jesus had died at the beginning of the Sabbath, they were forbidden by the laws to be able to touch a dead body. And so they had to wait 
until the third day to go and prepare him for burial. And so, of course, as they arrive on the scene, they're still mourning, they're grieving the loss, not just a loss, but they had witnessed their Lord, their Savior, their Messiah get beaten and bruised and brutally murdered on a cross. But as they arrive at the garden tomb, it says that they encountered two, two people, two men who were shining uh, in, in, these, in these glowing clothes. We presume these to be angels, of course. And their question to the woman is this, why do you seek the living among the dead? See, uh, this is a picture of the garden tomb in Jerusalem. And every year, thousands of people go to this place, to this spot, to visit what is one of the sites where they believe, out of a, a few, that Jesus, where his body was laid. I had the opportunity to visit uh, this spot just a year ago. And I can tell you this, the grave is still empty. The tomb is still empty. Whether it's this tomb or another one, all I know is this, there was nothing to see. The tomb was empty. And it's a special place. It's a beautiful place to be. But the tomb was empty. Why do you seek the living among the dead? What a question. What an incredible question. They had come to a place where the dead were placed. They had come to see the body of their Lord. Why do you seek the living among the dead? And then they remind the ladies, they say to them, remember how he told you. You know what I love about our Lord is that he's not playing games with us. He speaks plainly all through his word and all through his life and ministry. He spoke very plainly about what he was going to do. Yet they didn't remember. See, Jesus isn't playing games. He told them that on the third day I will rise after my, I have been handed over to sinful men and after I have given my life, I will rise from the dead. I will be raised back to life. What's so difficult though is when we walk through difficult circumstances, when we grieve and we, we are emptied and, and we experience loss, that we can lose sight of the promises of God. Jesus said to them, Yes, I will go through this suffering. I will give my life, but don't lose heart. Don't lose hope. I will be raised again to life. See, there was an empty cross. The empty cross means death. The empty cross means death. But now the empty grave means life. See, God is the giver of life. Life is his to give. We read in Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, says this, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. God forms Adam out of the dust of the earth. And I don't know if you've ever been, maybe you've been to the beach or when you were a kid, you played in the mud and you would make objects out of the mud or maybe a sand castle. You would never form something out of dirt and then stand back and go, this thing is alive because it's not. 
But here God forms a man out of the dusts of the earth. And until he breathes his breath into Adam, Adam is just a hollow, empty shell. There's nothing there. There is no life. There is no movement. There is no relationship. There is no joy or sadness or anything. But with the breath of life breathed into him, he comes to life. The inanimate becomes animate. It comes to life. This picture of what God did with Jesus in the grave, that Jesus lying in this grave, suffering the, 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 the death that he did, is now brought to life through the breath of God. This stands in contrast to the words of Jesus when he talks about the goal of the enemy in our lives. In John 10.10, it says this, and Jesus makes this declaration. He says, the thief comes only, only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life And listen to this, to have it to the full. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. See, the enemy wants to empty you of hope and joy and peace and life. He wants to rob you of those things that that make you feel alive. He wants to take away those things that cause you to, to to have vitality, to look forward to the future, to, to rob us of the relationship we have with the people around us, the connection that we have with the people around us, even in this season as people are distanced from each other, that, that awkwardness that you're feeling, that weirdness that you're feeling, not being able to shake hands or give someone a hug, that, that, that weirdness comes from the fact that we are designed for connection with each other. And it is the goal of the enemy to bring separation to empty us, empty us of, of any hope, of any life, of any joy, of any connection, of any meaning in our lives. And Jesus is clear about this. This is the goal of the enemy. It is his only goal. His only aim is to steal, kill, and destroy. It's all he knows to do. But Jesus, Jesus says of himself, I have come so that you can have life, and you can have it to the full. I want to illustrate this this morning for us. I have here a couple of glasses. One is filled with water. We have this picture of a full cup. See, in order for one thing to be filled, something else has to be emptied. And so in this case, we have Jesus, the life of Jesus, which the Bible says was poured out for us. It was poured out for the forgiveness of our sins so that we could have life. And in the same way that the Father breathed life into Adam, God pours his life into ours at the cross. And so as he hung on this cross and gave his life, it says that his life was poured out, which means his life was then poured into your life into mine. And what was left for Jesus was an empty shell. An empty shell that was 
buried in a tomb. No life left. He had given everything he had to give. But the result was this, that we are now filled, that we now have life, that what he gave poured into and filled us to the very top. That's the work of the cross. Jesus' life poured out for you. But it doesn't stop there. You see, the work of the cross is amazing. But it's the work of the empty grave and what Jesus did through the grave that is mind-blowing. See, Jesus says that you will have life to the full or life overflowing, as some translations put it. See, the cross, the emptying of Jesus at the cross filled the void of our lives. But the emptying of the grave, the empty grave, means that we no longer go empty in any way. And so Jesus continues to pour an eternal flow that now, instead of stopping short, continues to pour out and overflow into every aspect of our lives as His Spirit is poured into us, as His joy is poured into us, as His hope and His comfort and His peace is poured into our lives, which means that at no point in our lives, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the season, that Jesus is sufficient. His conquering of the death, uh, His conquering of death and the grave means that the flow of life that He brings is no longer limited to this. It means that there is an eternal flow now. And so for every season, for every person, man, boy, woman, it doesn't matter. Everyone is, is subject to and allowed to be under this flow. This is life to the full. It is life that refreshes. It is life that brings everything to us that we need. See, Jesus prayed this prayer. He said this in John 17, 1 through 3. It says this, He looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you. For you granted Him authority over all the people that He might give eternal life to all those you have given Him. That's the pouring out of Jesus at the cross. That He will give eternal life to all of those that you have given this is a gift that cost, well, it cost everything. In verse 3, it says this, Jesus prays this prayer, and he says this, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life. This is the eternal flow of hope and joy and peace and salvation and comfort and provision that comes from the throne of God by way of the person of Jesus Christ who died and was raised again and gave his spirit to us as a free gift. He says, this is what this looks like, that he pours into our lives eternally, that life eternal, which means that we too are no longer limited by death and the grave, that this time, this season that we live in this world is not the end, that when we die, that we will be present with God for eternity and be fully in his presence. I remember as a kid, in fact, this week I've been recalling growing up in church and different songs that would pop into my mind. I don't know about you, but sometimes songs from decades ago will randomly pop into my head and I will start singing, but I remember 
in the church that I grew up in, singing this song that was written by the Gaithers. The words go like this, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living just because he lives. Because Jesus lives, I can face tomorrow. I can face the unknown of the future. I can, know, I can face the unknown of the present. I can face any fear, any doubt, because his life has been poured out and continues to pour into me. Again, the words of Jesus in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is the life overflowing. Jesus calls us to a life that is available through a relationship with him. By knowing Jesus, by knowing the Father. But I'm going to tell you this morning, there's a, there's a part that we have to do. See, Jesus secured the victory. He paid for our sin. He paid for our death. That he secured the victory through the, the empty grave. And he starts pouring out. What we have to do, though, is that we have to bring ourselves. See, if I'm pouring this out and it's missing the cup, I'm not getting filled. And so the invitation for us today is this. Place yourself under that, that flow. Put yourself in the place where Jesus' life will be poured into your life. This is what we call salvation. It's the decision that we make to say, Jesus, I need you to be my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I, I want to bring myself to a place where I am standing under the flow. Paul, Paul says it this way. It's this grace in which we now stand, that we position ourselves through the humbling of our lives and our hearts before him to say, Jesus, I need you. I need you to do a filling work in me, the work that you secured at the cross, the work that you secured through the empty grave. Jesus, I want that in my own life. Maybe today you're feeling tired, tired of the enemy robbing you of your hope and your joy and your peace and taking and taking and taking. Maybe today you feel empty. I want to tell you, that the same, Jesus, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is available to fill your life today, that Jesus wants to fill you to overflowing. And so I want to extend an invitation. If you're hearing this message today and you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior, if you've never placed the cup of your life under the flow, the eternal life-giving flow of Jesus Christ. Today is your day. I want to encourage you, if that's you, and you feel that, that tug in your heart to say, Barry, I want what you're talking about. I want to have that kind of relationship. I want Jesus to pour into my life in this kind of way. What do I need to do? And the answer is this. You simply need to say yes. You need to say yes to Jesus. 
So I want to invite you, if that's you today, if you're hearing this message and you're going, I want that. I want that in my life. I want that, 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 that joy, that security, that peace, that hope. I want to pray a prayer with you, and I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. No matter where you are, would you pray this prayer out loud and invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Thank you that you went to the cross and emptied yourself so that I could be filled, that my sins would be forgiven, that I would be given a new start, that my, 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 my old would be gone and that the new would come. Jesus, thank you for raising from the dead, for pouring life into me, life eternal. I submit my life to you. I ask you to be the Lord of my life, to be my savior, to be my king, to be my provider, to be my comforter, my encourager. I give my life to you in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I wanna encourage you to let someone know let us know. We would love to celebrate with you. If you're watching online, please, in the chat or in the, in the comment section, just let us know. You can just type these words. Say, I said yes. I said yes. And maybe take it a step further. Would you tell someone around you, I said yes. Go ahead. Just tell them right now. I said yes. See, because God is still in the business of bringing dead things to life to reviving things that have died. The Bible says that we were dead in our sin, but Jesus has brought us to life. If you prayed that prayer today, would you also make sure to reach out to us? Send us an email. Uh, you can email us at, at prayer at thriveglendora.org, and we would just love the opportunity to follow up with you, to celebrate you, uh, celebrate with you and send you some resources to help you in this new journey with Jesus. For those of you who are listening today who've you've said yes to the Lord, you've received him as your Lord and Savior, but you recognize maybe even in this season that the enemy has been making some inro inroads. You still believe in Jesus, but you're feeling discouraged. You're feeling hopeless. You're feeling like, well, it's hard to face tomorrow. Know this today, that, the, that Jesus that his work in raising from the dead is as much for today as it was for 2,000 years ago. It's m as much for today as was the day that you gave your life to the Lord, that he wants to bring encouragement and hope and peace. And I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray that the Lord would comfort you in this season, that he would pour out his life flow, his, his, his presence, his spirit into your home, into your circumstances, into your finances, into your health. See, the work of the cross is a complete work, and it meets every need that we could ever have. So, Father, today I pray for everyone hearing this message, I pray today, God, that you would encourage their hearts on this Easter Sunday, this day where we celebrate your resurrection from the dead. Jesus, would you meet every life, every home? I pray today that there would be a new life that would be birthed, that you would revitalize 
and reignite hearts and souls for you. I pray that every person, young and old, would fix their eyes on the hope eternal. That we would fix our eyes on you. We give you praise, Jesus. Amen. We're going to conclude this morning by breaking bread. We're going to receive communion together. If you have the elements ready in your home, and I encourage you to get them together. And even on this Easter Sunday, you say, well, we just did this on Good Friday. We just broke bread just a couple of days ago. But Jesus said when he was with his disciples, as often as you gather together, do this in remembrance of me. See, the angels had to say to the woman, hey, don't you remember what he said? I don't know about you. I, there's things where there's places in my life where I'm forgetful. This is a reminder of what Jesus has done for us. And in the same way that the angel said to those, those women coming into that garden, don't, don't you remember what he said? We need to be reminded of what Jesus said. See, Jesus said, this is my body, which is for you. This is for you. And he says, this is my blood, which is poured out for you. That Jesus emptied himself of his life, the life in his body, the symbol of life flowing through our veins, our, our blood. He says, I emptied myself for you so that you could be filled. And so it is absolutely appropriate for us to pause today, to break bread with each other, and to remember not just the death, but the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. And so, Jesus, we take the bread today, and we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for what you have secured for us through the empty cross and the empty grave. Hope eternal, we give you praise. Lord, we thank you that through your broken body that we have healing, that we can be made whole, and we receive that together today, remembering what you have done in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the bread together. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus, we thank you for the cup your life poured out for us, not figuratively. Lord, that you literally poured your life out for the forgiveness of our sin to establish a new covenant between God and man. And Lord, we thank you for the reminder that this covenant will never be broken, that because of your resurrection, that this is an eternal covenant. That the power of sin and death are forever broken. And we celebrate that today as we remember the blood that was shed on our behalf. We give you praise and we receive with thankful and grateful hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive together. Amen.
Well, thank you for joining us today. It has been an honor and a privilege to be able to worship with you and celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. I want to encourage you, have a blessed afternoon or a blessed evening. Would you spend time today? Would you share with your family and those in your household? Would you reach out to others and encourage them? Tell them what you're thankful for. Share this message of hope. And would you celebrate in your homes? Please also today, would you do us a favor? Would you snap a picture? Would you, right, right when we're done, would you just take a picture in your home of you watching this service today? And would you post it to social media, Instagram or Facebook with the hashtag Thrive Glendora? So it doesn't matter if you're in your PJs, it's okay. That's a, if you got dressed up for Easter, that's awesome as well. Well, would you snap a picture today and would you post that on social media with the hashtag Thrive Glendora? We'd just love to see you and celebrate with you. Have a blessed day. Happy Easter. Jesus is alive. Have a great day.